The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. We had a real live regular season NFL football last night. So, of course, we've got a ton to get to on today's edition of NFL Reacts. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously defeated the Dallas Cowboys last night 31-29 to on a game-winning field goal. And at no point during the poor decision-making of Mike McCarthy last night did I feel like the Bucks were going to lose that game. I know I said the Cowboys was my big, bold prediction. They were going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on opening night of the NFL. I at no point felt confident in that prediction throughout the week. But they hung in there, and it seemed a little bit closer. So I've got to introduce uh, Kate Magic of DK Nation and Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. Uh, so did we confirm? I don't know if you guys have seen the Highlander movies. I'm going real deep, nerdy, sci-fi, 80s films here. But we confirmed last nice. night that Tom Brady is, in fact, Connor McLeod, an immortal living among us. He is immortal, yes. Confirmed. Yeah, as a non-player character in Tom Brady simulation, you you hate the guy, right? But you like fear him as much as you hate him, which is no, like no, 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 Justice, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> you don't hate him anymore. If you hate Tom Brady anymore, you are either over the age of sixty or not using social media. He Tom he's Brady he's keeping the Packers from rings. He's keeping I, the Packers you know from rings. I can hate He's him. He's keeping everybody for rings. He's keeping everybody from rings. But, I mean, like, there comes a time where we have to sit back and realize, yes, this dude is crushing all of our dreams and hopes, uh, et cetera. But it doesn't matter because we're getting to watch one of the greatest football players uh, that we're ever going to see play the game ever, ever, ever. Uh, just behold his talent. Behold his comedy. Um, I'm not a I'm not a Bucks fan. I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but I mean, watching him play football at the level that he does, watching him um, throw those targets down the field. I mean, it, his arm uh, looks as good as ever, and I just it's something magical. Uh, he's frozen in time, forever. 
Is, is his arm strength suspicious? Are, are we getting to that point? We're getting a little <laughs> sus. Hey, like, absolutely why, suspicious. Why, why is this thing zipping out the moment you get around Florida doctors, bud? Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not putting too much faith in Florida medicine. Uh, I did work as a nurse in Florida. I'm sorry, guys. Um, not putting too much faith in Florida medicine, but I don't know. Maybe they... They like there's something in the water there. It's good water. You gotta love it. That's why everybody past a certain age, you just move to Florida. It's it's the fountain of youth for Tom Brady, and he's just gonna <laughs> play until he's 50 years old and hit Antonio Brown for 60 yard touchdowns. Like it, it's just not fair. It doesn't make any sense. And we talked about it a little last week. Like I think the Bucks are gonna be better this season than they were last year, and. You know, there was some miscues last night on both sides of the ball, but it's like the first game of the NFL season. So you kind of expect that while you're figuring things out. But Tom Brady just looks regular old Tom Brady. Uh, season 22, still MVP caliber quarterback who's going to crush your dreams until he decides to retire at the ripe age of 65 years old. <laughs> 65. And you're not wrong. I just, it's so weird. So weird. Yeah, it's that that game too. I mean, he was playing out of his mind, and obviously Dallas was having to handle a lot of. They were having to manage Dak's arm, frankly. Um, and I think we saw that pretty early in the game. But that game was only close because they had like four, four weird turnovers. Um, it was nice that that Dallas was able to stick into that game. But I, I was kind of thinking as it played out, and I was like, if Dallas pulls this upset, I think people are going to get tricked. Just off of you know the turnover, the weird turnovers alone, where you know first game reaction to the year, people are like, Tom Brady no longer defending his championship. Are the Bucks still the top team in the NFC? And it's like, yes, yes, they are. If if you watch all the non turnover plays, they're just blowing Dallas off the ball on the on that side of the ball. Uh, I think we should also give credit to two of the other ageless wonders in this game: Rob Gronkowski, eighty. 490 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Um, it's it's absolutely bonkers uh, what he and Tom Brady continue to accomplish. Obviously, the chemistry is as strong as ever. And then Antonio Brown, five for 121 and a TD. Um, Antonio Brown looks like the Antonio Brown of yesteryear. We already heard Bruce Arians say it, and I believe it officially. The, the most unfair play, I think, of that game was when, uh, I think it was crunch time, Tom threw it to Gronkowski. Four guys try to bring Gronkowski down, and the refs have to blow the whistle. And then, like, the defenders just start peeling off of Gronk, and he's just standing straight up like four guys weren't just hanging around his shoulder pads. And it's just like, how do you stop that? Just like, at some point, this guy is just too big. Tom Brady is just too efficient with the ball. I mean, Antonio Brown looks like he's like Jerry Rice right now. It's it's going to be tough to beat this team, especially come playoff time. And I don't want to overreact to week one, but after that performance, it feels like, uh, especially in fantasy football, like maybe we were sleeping a little bit on Gronk and Antonio Brown. Like they both looked fantastic like it's one game and it's against a a very questionable dallas defense but 
those guys looked like they were the superstar players that you're used to them being. And maybe that's what it was. Like they just needed a full off season of working with Tom Brady down in Florida. And we expected this Bucks offense to be really, really good. But I don't think anybody expected Antonio Brown to look like Pittsburgh Steelers Antonio Brown and, and for Gronk to look like, you know, the Hall of Fame caliber tight end because he just wasn't that last season. And that's huge. Like that makes this Bucks team even scarier than I already thought they were uh, in terms of just being a powerhouse in the NFC because – this offense, like I was already like, well, Mike Evans is really good. Chris Godwin's really good. And now you're getting uh, exceptional caliber Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. Like it's it's honestly like there's there's better pieces on this offense than there are on the Chiefs offense. And I feel like we just give the Chiefs offense the pass that it's the best in the league. They're going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> I mean, hey. It's Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Nobody knows who the hell the Chiefs' number two wide receiver is. I feel like that's a perfectly fair criticism. No, I mean, I think that's totally fair. And, you know, Godwin and Evans dropped some balls last night, frankly. Um, Antonio Brown and Gronk was helped keep them into that game. I mean, I don't know how many times I saw Mike Evans look at his hands and be like, <laughs> why did you fail me here, you know? A couple Not of to them. mention, you had a, a fumble from Chris Godwin, which right. Um, if if that wasn't a fumble, I mean, it was it was immediately at the goal line. Um, if that fumble didn't occur right there, it probably wouldn't have been a, a, a two point game. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. When I'm like, I think I was thinking mid game where I'm like, uh, people are going to overreact to a four turnover Brady game, and those games don't happen often. But thankfully, they pulled it out. Um, Again, I just want to give a shout out to to Dak Prescott because he was basically operating with like half of his arm strength and he had to be Drew Brees, like 2020 Drew Brees in that moment to keep them into the game. And he was able to do it. I mean, I don't know how many times we saw him put perfectly placed balls that weren't coming out with very much velocity just in the perfect spot for his guys. And once his arm comes back, man, like I, I think we got to start talking about Dak as like, that next tier of quarterbacks, maybe not Mahomes, maybe not Rogers, maybe not Brady, but like net that next tier after with guys like, uh, you know, Josh Allen and uh, trying to think like Lamar, guys like that, Russell Wilson. I, I think right now, at least in fantasy football, like if I was, if I was redoing a fantasy football draft today, I would take Dak Prescott over Russell Wilson on my fantasy football team. And it's because like, yeah, he's still getting healthy. I just think that last year, if he doesn't suffer that injury, like he's the number one fantasy quarterback in, in my mind last year with the way he was just going nuts in, in the regular season early on. And that offense has potential to do the same thing this year with, with those pass catchers. And you assume their defense just is going to put them in bad situations occasionally. And yeah, there was the weird turnovers and everything last night. But for this football team to win, Dak has to be special. And even last night where we know he's battling a shoulder injury, which is hindering how he can throw the football, he still showed you why, even after a, a terrible leg injury and battling through an injury uh, to his throwing arm, why he's an exceptional football player. And so, yeah, he just looked incredible last night. And we know he's not 100%, which makes it even more ridiculous. And the team knew that they couldn't run on him either. Like, if you look at how Dallas was running the ball, it was pretty clear that they were worried about that front four that 
Tampa had. And, you know, obviously they blitz a lot, but I think it was more about the personnel that Tampa had on the defensive line. So like everything was on Dak's plate. Everything in the game was going, Hey, you got, you got to go be superhero right now. And he was able to keep him in the game with limited arm strength. Shouts to him. So I, I do want to talk about Zeke for a second here. And, and now if you were disappointed in Zeke's performance, because you had him in your fantasy football lineup or your Thursday night lineups or whatever, uh, it was a bad play. I, and your season-long lineups, I understand not wanting to bench Ezekiel Elliott because you drafted him high. He's a, a lead running back. But Tampa Bay's run defense has been absolutely stellar for several years now, and they brought everybody back on that side of the ball. So you should have assumed that Zeke was going to struggle. You were kind of just banking on him having a, a couple of decent runs and maybe finding the end zone or something last night. But – uh, what did you guys see in Ezekiel Elliott last night? Like, is there reason to worry about his explosiveness coming off of the worst season of his career, his ability, or is it just a product of Tampa Bay's defensive line is just stacked and nobody can run on them? I think this, this definitely comes back to Tampa Bay for me. Um, I, I Looking at what pretty much any of these top tier running backs did uh, against the Bucks defense in like the second half of last season, um, unless you were the studliest of studliest, which I'm not saying Zeke isn't, um, but it, you really needed to eke out a touchdown. If you were going to have a decent fantasy day, Zeke got one opportunity, uh, correct me if I'm wrong in the goal line, didn't look great there. Um, didn't even look great on short yardage, but I think in the open field looked as, as uh, spry as ever. Uh, I do think he looks good. I think they're um, they're just going to have to work on finding the right game script. I was surprised at how much they were utilizing Tony Pollard as a receiver, though. I I thought we were going to see more of those targets to the running back position funneled to Zeke, but um, Tony Pollard stayed stayed involved. Yeah, and I think you know when we're talking about this being like a one off because of Tampa's defensive line. I mean, they are going to see Washington twice this year. So like maybe keep that in the back of your mind as like a game to monitor to kind of test uh, how Dallas is going to play, you know, great defensive lines moving forward. But I, I really do think that that was more of a Tampa thing than it was a Zeke Elliott thing. Um, I don't know about you guys. It looked to me like he's lost some weight and he's gotten a little quicker, frankly. So oh, he looks fit. Uh, yeah. Tight. Like, he looks like he's lost some weight. He looks like he's in good shape. And like he, he, fi- he finally shook off the Cabo weight, right? I mean, yeah. it only took two years, but uh, he saw he saw Tony Pollard last season out there just looking cut. And he was like, all right, I got to do something about this. I can't be out upstage by Tony Pollard. I got to uh, go back to the old me. Yeah, uh, I do want to talk about the Cowboys wide receivers uh, really quick as well. Obviously, Amari Cooper showed up and, you know, headed into fantasy drafts, average draft position. CeeDee Lamb, obviously one of the biggest sleepers of the year, uh, you know, that one of those number two wide receivers that everybody is expecting to make this huge superstar leap in year two. So much so that in some circumstances, T lamb was going over Amari Cooper, but Amari Cooper looked fantastic last night. CD had some miscues in the game, but still wound up finishing uh, with a decent stat line and being productive. Michael Gallup had some nice catches, but again, it's just like a matter of, targets uh i'm curious how you guys felt about their wide receivers performances because we expect this passing offense to be one of the most fantasy friendly offenses in football yeah so my takeaway at wide receiver one 
you know, CD Lamb obviously still looks good with the with the ball in hand. Um, if he, if he can ever get there route running wise, I mean, he's going to be pretty unstoppable just because of what he can do with ball in hand. Um, the one thing that like was weird all night, like every time you get Amari Cooper on the ground, man, it looks like he is going to die on the field. <laughs> like he is just like slowly getting up off the ground every single time. I, 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 every time he gets tackled, I'm like, this is the one, this is the one. Yeah. There was two or three times. I was like, Oh, he's hurt. And he like rolled around for a second and then got up all slow. And I was like, Oh, he's got, he's going to have to leave the game. And he never did. So and then he, he kept he, the next he route it. and looked fantastic. Yeah. 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 It's just weird seeing a guy who's like that good. And it's just like, every time you get him on the ground, he's just like slowly peeling himself off the turf. I mean, I think a, an interesting takeaway for me um, is, is just looking at, the target distribution, because, you know, when you're looking at the box score, Amari Cooper came down with 13, uh, 13 catches, 139 yards, two touchdowns. Um, but you see more of what lamb left on the field. Lamb had 15 targets, um, just wasn't overly efficient. He had a couple of drops, but I do think as the game went on, he looked uh, a bit more comfortable um, like just the first couple of drives, it, he looked a little bit out of place, but I think he looked more and com- more comfortable as the game went on. Michael Gallup, um, I think last night was the perfect, uh, perfect showcase of Michael Gallup as a talented wide receiver. But I think when you look that great on the football field and it translates to, um, you know, seven points in a PPR format, you know, it, it's going to be really hard to be fantasy relevant week to week. Um, just when, when you're playing third string to these other talented wide receivers, but Amari Cooper and CD lamb, uh, much like, you know, we've seen uh, the Steelers do in the past, much like we've seen the bucks do in the past. I think they are going to be one of these tandem wide receivers that both of these guys finish top uh, 15. If I'm being overly cautious on that projection that both of these guys are going to be studs for fantasy football this year. Michael Gallup is one of those players where I'm really excited to see him hit free agency after this season. Uh, Cause I think he's a fantastic player. He's just in a really crowded receiving room where opportunities are, are just limited. And it, it's a bummer because I think he's a really talented player. We just don't always get to see him showcase his abilities and i think he is going to hit free agency and hopefully land with a team where he's got a chance to showcase that ability he's kind of like curtis samuel who i was excited to hit free agency and uh and leave the panthers and get an opportunity somewhere else but uh it actually just came out washington has placed wide receiver curtis samuel on injured reserve uh so he's going to be out at least a few weeks he's been dealing with an injury hasn't been practicing for a while for them now. So that's a big blow to the Washington offense in week one. Um, we're going to take a quick timeout right now, but we'll actually discuss probably here in a little bit uh, how that can affect the Washington football team and maybe some guys that you'd focus on uh, after the Curtis Samuel news. And then uh, we're going to go across the board and we're going to discuss the polls that we got back from our NFL reacts community got some interesting numbers as well as discuss uh, some sleeper fantasy picks in our favorite games headed into the weekend. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have 
every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids to bed. I'm getting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm joined by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., as well as Kate Majuk of DK Nation. We've got these things called NFL Reacts polls that we're going to have each and every week throughout the NFL season. We're going to propose questions to our listening audience and see how you guys feel about it. Decide whether or not we agree with your stance on those opinions. And, you know, maybe we'll find a way to see who comes out on top. See if uh, see if our disagreements can uh, lead us into some type of wager or, or something like that. Find a way to compete with you guys in our audience. Uh, our first poll from the NFL Reacts community. Which former Alabama quarterback would you prefer starting for your favorite NFL team options are Mac Jones to a tongue of Iloa Jalen hurts or none of the above. I was a little shocked by these numbers. Uh, Mac Jones really ran away with this thing. A uh, rookie quarterback for the new England Patriots having a uh, 40.5% of the votes. None of the above was number two uh, <laughs> with 33%. So our uh, NFL Reacts audience really does not have any faith in Tua Tungavailo or Jalen Hurts. It seems a little unfair. We haven't even seen Mac Jones play a regular season football game yet. We also haven't seen Tua Tungavailo play, you know, less than a year removed from a hip injury. Like, can we give the kid a second? Jalen Hurts, uh, TBD, but... I think all of these guys, what's uh, what is blowing me away here with these poll results is that like, I feel like we've seen equally uh, as small a sample size from Tua and Jalen Hurts as we have Mac Jones. Um, and it's the responses are this varied. I'm super surprised. I mean, I think it, it this has got to be a little bit of recency bias in terms of what we saw from Mac Jones in the preseason, right? I think it has to be a little bit, but I, I was wondering if the Alabama wide receivers were the only people voting in these damn polls. If you if you listen to those guys coming out this past offseason, um, they weren't quiet about the fact that, you know, they preferred Mac Jones over what Tua brought to the table for him. Um, 
you know, guys like Waddle, guys, especially Devonta. Oh, man. Devonta can't go five minutes in an interview without saying that Mac Jones is better than, than Tua Tagovailoa. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, you know, we're going to see that matchup between the two top guys on this list in, in week one. So that'll be fun. I'm sure no, no one will overreact to two Alabama quarterbacks playing each other in week one, right? I mean, no way, guys. Yeah, if Tua struggles at all and uh... – just so you're aware, I'm not putting Tua in my fantasy lineups this week. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of faith in him uh, against Bill Belichick uh, in his first start. But Tua looks good in his limited snaps in the preseason. And yeah, some of this has to be recency bias because you just think back to the last time Tua was in college and wasn't injured and was playing fully healthy, how special he looked on the football field. Now, it's been a long time since we've really seen him look like that so i kind of understand it but i i just did not expect i'm not shocked that mac jones was the leading vote getter i am shocked that it was a runaway for mac jones a, a little bit that that's just something i didn't really see coming our next question from the sb nation nfl reacts community which rookie quarterback will have the best week one debut performance trevor lawrence mac jones zach wilson of course all getting the nod in week one of the nfl season uh, this was closer than I thought, but Trevor Lawrence did eke out the win with 42% of the vote. Mac Jones, number two. Uh, this community has really got some faith in Mac Jones, uh, 32%, and Zach Wilson with 24%. I got a campaign for our guy, Zach. Uh, I just think this Jets offense knows what it is, and I think we're going to get a week one. So he would have been my vote, and he's last on the list. So I just, Trevor is a great talent. I just don't know what Jacksonville is going to do on offense. And it seems like they're discombobulated and Urban Meyer can't stop saying that they need more team speed. Like he doesn't control their free agency and draft. Like I just don't understand what's going on in Jacksonville. Um, I, I wouldn't expect him to. I think we talked about this last week. I, I don't expect Trevor Lawrence to be like the runaway favorite for rookie of the year, even if he is the most talented quarterback of the group just because of like how that team is structured. Not, not too different from, I guess, like what was it? 2012 when RG three was putting up crazy numbers and everyone was still like Andrew luck is like the best quarterback. If you like break down the film, it's just not translating production wise. Cause he's asked to do so much. Um, I think that's probably what we're going to close to what we're going to see with like Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. And we already established that we want to be a Zach Wilson pod and I'm totally fine with picking Zach Wilson here. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he's intriguing this week. And, you know, there's some weapons on that Jacksonville offense that, that I would rather start over Trevor Lawrence because it is a good matchup against the Houston Texans, who we expect to be just absolutely terrible. Uh, so I'm not shocked that he was the number one vote getter here. But Mac Jones, like this community absolutely loves them. some Mac Jones. Because we apparently are totally sleeping on that Miami Dolphins defense. I like Mac Jones and what I saw from him in the preseason. That Dolphins defense is very good. Like, you don't want to start Tua this week because he's going against a Bill Belichick-led defense. I don't want to start Mac Jones this week either going against that Miami Dolphins defense. Like, Brian Flores' team is pretty good. I don't have faith that Mac Jones is going to have a stellar week one performance against that Dolphins defense. And they play him in man too. So it's big time like, hey, 
make your receivers beat us. It's not like the Patriots have have burners like that either. And it, I mean, for me, it comes down to game script too. Like I don't, I don't project this to be a high scoring game. I don't project that they are going to need to throw much. Um, I just don't think they're going to need to really showcase all of that much from Mac Jones. I could just picture this being a game where they keep it on the ground and um, you know, a couple of those, those dump off balls. But uh, when it comes down to it, I just don't picture that being um, really a good game script for us to see what Mac Jones can do for me. I am kind of interested in Trevor Lawrence just because of that, that matchup, but, um, and you know, for Zach Wilson, it really comes down to just like the the fact you have Jamison Crowder out. Um, we don't really know what to expect from the run game there. So that's that's my biggest question mark from Zach Wilson. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence just has the easiest pathway to the best week one debut. But I mean, I think all of these guys are going to have uh, decent weeks based on uh, just just what we've seen from them so far. Moving to the other two rookie quarterbacks that we are obviously excited to see in the regular season. When will Justin Fields start his first game for the Bears? Before week four, after week four. Uh, They are split right down the middle on this thing. 50% saying after week four, 50.6%, and 49.3% saying before week four. I'm going to be livid if the Bears haven't put Justin Fields in as their starting quarterback by week four of the NFL season. Uh, Obviously they need to get him in sooner rather than later uh, because Andy Dalton's just not the guy, but I just want to see Justin Fields thrive. I want to see him be the baller that I have faith he can be. Yeah. Free, free Justin Fields. Why, why do we need to see more Andy Dalton? I don't, I don't understand what we're doing here. If Andy Dalton plays the entire four week stretch to start the season for the bears, that's just going to be boring and let's not be boring guys. Um, Matt Navy does not care if we find him boring. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I, you know, I feel like he should care just a little bit more. Uh, but you know, this is one of these situations that I think uh, even if the coaching staff wants to keep him on the, the bench, I, I feel like there's, there's going to be some ruckus in Chicago being made by the fans, by, by just the media, it's going to be really hard unless, I mean, if Andy Dalton comes out and he's winning it, that just is going to fuel Matt Nagy's fire, which is a problem. But I, I think uh, unless he comes out and he sustains a winning record, um, it, it's going to be very hard for him to keep Justin Fields on the bench just in general. Well, they, get, they get the Rams week one. They get the Browns week three. That's going to be pretty tough for good old Andy Dalton there, I think. It's going to be hard to keep up with those offenses. Yeah, and the the logic where, you know, well, we need to, we need to rest him. We don't want to rush him into the game. Like, I understand the idea that you can break a quarterback early on by, by thrusting them into a, a bad situation. But Just Roshan. <clears throat> Yeah, but like if you but if you have to protect your quarterbacks from stuff like that, then chances are, in my opinion, they're probably just not going to be that good anyway. Like like Justin Fields has a chance to be a really special player, and I just want to see him on the football field as soon as possible. So that gets us to our next question. 
When will Trey Lance start his first game for the San Francisco 49ers? This one was a runaway after week four, 71% of the vote. Uh, so our NFL Reacts community has a lot of faith in Jimmy G staying healthy for at least the four, first four weeks of the season. I mean, this just shows us we set the line poorly because it it really <laughs> was a, a runaway. But I think the NFL Reacts community is on the same page as me. I like I, I have a feeling that we're all thinking the same thing. He's starting after the bye, after week seven. Um, they, they have a, a interesting, uh, interesting start to the season, but like Jimmy Garoppolo, I have a feeling week one against Detroit. I will talk about that, uh, in our next segment here, but, uh, they're going to get off to a hot start. We have this, uh, f- fracture, uh, in Trey Lance's finger. doesn't sound like they're, they're planning for him to be available based on the last thing I heard for Sunday. So it's not like we're going to see a bunch of in and out, um, you know, some of that mix and match quarterback play like we saw last preseason game. But I think that gives Trey Lance the most amount of time because we did see uh, we saw some promise in the preseason, but we also saw a lot of room for improvement. We saw where he was raw, um, you know, not not necessarily uh, he, I don't think he has the touch yet. I think he needs to, to you know, develop some more of that chemistry with his wide receivers. Because um, if if he keeps zinging those balls as hard as he does, uh, all of his wide receivers are all going to have broken fingers, a la Trey Lance. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that I think that they're going to be able to work on and work out throughout these first few weeks of the season. But right after the bye, always seems like a good start because you get you give your quarterback. Uh, a full week of prep, um, you know, to be mentally ready. And, uh, you know, especially with that, that setback with the finger injury, I think that'll give him plenty of time to, to wrangle in the ropes. Yeah. I think the bigger question overall, right. Instead of the first four weeks is more who's going to be ready by playoff time. Cause the Niners are probably going to make the playoffs and who's going to be making, who, who gets to play the elimination game. I don't think the first four weeks are important as much as the elimination games, right? So we'll see. Um, Like you said, Trey Lance certainly had flashes in the preseason, but as far as like consistency, he's probably fifth on that list of those five quarter, those five rookie quarterbacks right now. Our final NFL reacts question of the week, which veteran quarterback with the new team will have the biggest impact this year? We do have to mention we did not include Matthew Stafford on this list. And for the specific reason, we knew Matthew Stafford would be the runaway favorite. So we wanted to see the numbers we would get back without Matthew Stafford included. And I was a little surprised. I I think that this was still kind of a runaway vote. The options were Ryan Fitzpatrick, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, or Sam Darnold. Fitzmagic. Uh, at his age, really impressive, running away with this thing with 45% of the vote. Uh, number two was Sam Darnold, 21%. Carson Wentz, 18%. And Jared Goff, 14%. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I've already done it on this podcast. I'll be the Sam Darnold guy. I'm picking Sam Darnold over oh, Fitzmagic, over no. Carson Wentz, over Jared Goff. P. Nobody wants to be the Sam Darnold guy. Oh, God. Uh, Steven, get... Get out. Get out now. Get out. Uh, don't come back. Uh, I'm kidding. You can come back uh, once you've served your punishment, but you need to be punished for this because there is no way 
on God's green earth that it is Sam Darnold. I know um, in the preseason when we finally got to see him, see him uh, actually in the game, he ended up with a pretty decent line, uh, ended up looking more comfortable as the game went on. But um, you have to admit for the first several drives, he looked like Sam Darnold of Adam Gase's era. He doesn't look um, even with that upgrade at, you know, basically all of his skill positions, uh, even with the fact that he was playing with his first team offense against a second string Steelers defense, he looked lost at times, Steven, I'm, 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 uh, cutting you off. You've clearly had too much, uh, noodle juice or whatever we want to call, uh, whatever you're drinking this morning. You've had too much coffee. You're you're cut off beers still, still sitting in me, I guess. I'm still feeling it. (laughs) How do we feel about PJ Walker? Cause I think PJ Walker's fun. And you know, if Sam Darnold starts to look like Sam Darnold, there, there's worse backup quarterbacks to throw in there than PJ Walker. Why not? Why not have a little fun with it? Oh, PJ Walker is fun. I just don't think the Panthers are going to put PJ Walker in after they after they got Sam Darnold. I think they're gonna they're gonna roll with it. And I have faith in that Joe Brady offense just setting Sam up for success this year. I like the pieces. I love Terrace Marshall and DJ Moore. Christian McCaffrey will hopefully stay healthy. I just think there's. Everything's falling into place for us to be surprised by Sam Darnold this season. So I'm will I'm willing to be that guy and, and, and put myself out there. Uh, I totally understand why you guys are fearful for me and, and why you're concerned. And why you've gotten for, booted from the pod? Yes, and why you're concerned for uh, my mental health this football season being. <laughs> the Sam Darnold supporter. It, it makes all the sense. Thank you guys for your concern. It means everything to me. Uh, those are our NFL reaction polls. <laughs> Again, we're going to have those uh, each and every week throughout the NFL season. And you got to be tuned in to hear me rant about Sam Darnold's success or, or lack of success. But we've got a full slate of NFL action on Sunday this week. I know we're all super excited. So let's discuss some of our favorite fantasy plays of the week. Kate, I am eager to see who you've got in your daily lineups. All right. I'm just going to, I'm going to flip this. So you, um, you, you let me know what you think about this. Cause I, I have them switched around on our show sheet here, but I'm going to p- pivot to my deep flex. And that's what I'm going to start off with because clearly the NFL reacts community loves Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I think you're going to like this pick by me, uh, Curtis Samuel. He was just, uh, announced to be placed on IR. I think the transaction will become official, uh, Friday afternoon, but that means that Terry McLaurin uh, and like Diami Brown, um, those are going to be the the guys for Washington. But we're forgetting about their uh, their wide receiver two from last season, and that was JD McKissick. I am uh, I'm feeling pretty good lining up JD McKissick uh, in my flex this at least for for this week, um, and and taking advantage of what I do think is going to be um, a decently healthy target share for the running back who led all running backs in route run uh, routes run for the 2020 season. He was the preferred pass catching back, despite the fact that your starting running back is a converted wide receiver. And that 
that is everything that scares me about Antonio Gibson. I expect him to make a second year leap, but I mean, JD McKissick, I think, you know, if you were maybe looking at Gus Edwards as, as a, a flex play, um, I do think that this in uh, full PPR uh, league scoring formats, JD McKissick is a guy that I'm slotting in with confidence. I do like the, uh, the JD McKissick play. Uh, curious to see how that plays out for Washington. I'm going back to this Jacksonville Houston Texans game. Uh, I don't want to roll the dice on Trevor Lawrence just yet. Uh, you guys already know that I love James Robinson this week. I think he's a fantastic play, but I also love LaVisca Chenault. He He's one of my mm. favorite sleepers this year, but he's also one of those guys that I'm more skeptical about than, than a lot of my other favorite sleepers on the season. I, I think he's a good player. I, I think he can be a really talented player if, this Urban Meyer thing just kind of works out. It, it doesn't <laughs> even have to be perfect, but I think he can be that guy who builds up a, a really nice rapport with Trevor Lawrence. And this is a fantastic matchup. The Texans are bad. Like they just trade away Bradley Roby, who is their best cornerback. And so if you're ever going to trot LaVisca Chanel out into your lineup with any type of confidence, I think week one is the time to do it and see what happens. Maybe you've got some other wide receivers that you're sleeping on a little bit. Like I'm not saying I would for sure play LaVisca over Allen Robinson in week one, but I'm considering it. You do have too many TNF beers left over. Steven, you are wild. I mean, Um, but you know what? I love, I I love love the bold. I love the bold approach. I, I can appreciate that. And the matchup is, so juicy. I think it just comes down to how much uh, faith you have in LaVisca Chanel generally as a prospect, which he's a, a fantastic prospect. Um, my questions more so lie in the offense and what they're going to come up with there. But guess what? Um, we we don't uh, need to worry about the defense. So that's the beautiful part. It has more to do with Andy Dalton than than, than anything else. Why I would even consider it now in most circumstances i'm probably still playing alan robinson i think alan robinson's a very special player but if i'm desperate and if i'm a little scared this week for alan robinson and you know seeing jalen ramsey and andy dalton and all of those things factored in the bears having a terrible offensive line i would seriously consider it this week just as kind of see what happens but i also I'm in favor of fun in my fantasy lineups. I'm in favor of taking risks. So that might be kind of drastic. Uh, another player that I really love. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to I want to hit you with a question real quick about this. So Allen Robinson, is Andy Dalton the best quarterback he's ever played with? Like in his career. He had Hackenberg at Penn State. He had Bortles in Jacksonville and then Trubisky in Chicago. So like Dalton might be the best person to ever throw balls at Allen Robinson, as shocking as that sounds. Yeah, but I mean, Allen Robinson had a monster year with Blake Bortles as his quarterback. And that, yeah, I get did. it. It was Bortles, but that was Bortles' best season of his career. I think Bortles had over 30 touchdowns that year, like just out of nowhere. And Robinson had like 1,400 receiving yards. So I would argue that version of Blake Bortles is better than this version of Andy Dalton. God, that's so sad. Play Justin Fields. <laughs> yes, please. Then I will absolutely, without question, put Allen Robinson in my fantasy lineup every week. Uh, but one more wide receiver that I do 
love in week one. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. Obviously, another player we're looking to take a huge second-year jump. Got a ton of question marks about Jamar Chase and being able to see footballs, and maybe he needs that That LASIK eye surgery like Jameis Winston. Uh, There's reasons to be concerned about Jamar a little bit right now. I think overall Jamar's still going to be a fine NFL player. But I love T. Higgins in week one going against the Minnesota Vikings. They did add to their secondary Patrick Peterson and Bashad Breeland, but I'm not worried about it. I think T. Higgins is a special player. I'm excited to get him in my week one lineups. Yeah, I I, I, I mean, I love T. Higgins so much. Um, and I'm not quite as worried about Jamar Chase, but I do think that, I mean, this is just going to be such a pass-heavy situation. I think it's the perfect situation. I'm going to close us out with fantasy plays by just, uh, you know, teasing the 49ers in general. I want all of the 49ers on my team this weekend Um, across the board. uh, The Detroit Lions, just atrocious defense. Um, Didn't see them make a big investment in their secondary. Brandon Ayuk, full go. Um, He had 17 or more fantasy points in six of his last seven games in the 2020 season. Averaged 10.7 targets per game in weeks eight through 17 in 2020. like the targets might be distributed differently. Obviously you have a, like a, a healthy team in general there, but um, between him, Raheem Mostert is a guy that I'm flexing um, pretty much anywhere that I have him this, uh, this week. They allowed the most fantasy points to the running back position last year. He was a running back one in 22% of his games while he's been with the, um, the 49ers. Listen to these splits. Okay. When he's facing a bottom 10 rushing defense, anytime Raheem Mostert has played with more than six rushing attempts, I set the bar very low here, guys, very low. Uh, anytime he said more than six rush attempts against bottom 10 defenses, Raheem Mostert averages 13.5 PPR points a game. Like he doesn't need to touch the ball a lot to be efficient. Um, the, the Detroit lions ranked fifth and missed tackles. There's just so much to love about this entire slate here for the, the 49ers. I love it. Yes. I absolutely love Raheem Mostert this week as well. Uh, free survivor pick. If you'd like, I'm picking the 49ers to beat the Detroit lions in week one. So hopefully I don't get Whoa. eliminated in my going survivor. out on a limb. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully I don't get eliminated in my survivor league in week one of the NFL season. Before we get out of here, Justice, you got some of your favorite games in week one. Yeah, Jacksonville at Houston. Houston's a three-point underdog at home. Um, not really objecting to the fact that Houston is an underdog at home, more objecting to the fact that Jacksonville's a favorite on the road. So if this game was in Jacksonville with a six-point uh flip for home field advantage. I'd make Jacksonville a nine-point favorite. So what have they done to what have they done to like the the Jaguars just got the first overall pick and Urban Meyer can't stop saying his team's too slow. So like how am I supposed to have confidence in Jacksonville? I don't think they've shown anything to like deserve this respect. Um so that one doesn't make sense to me. Uh Cleveland plus six at Kansas City. I just think this is Cleveland's window. Um that I think is we delicious. talked about yeah, I think we've talked about it before. And, like, if Cleveland can't compete with Kansas City, they, like, might have to rethink how they structure the whole team. So the fact that there's that much pressure on, like, a week one game, 
um, I think is probably bodes in uh, Cleveland's favor. Uh, Green Bay minus three and a half at, at New Orleans. The game's obviously in Jacksonville. I just think New Orleans is just so – there's just so much turnover at wide receiver that it worries me a lot, right? The fact that Manny Sanders isn't there anymore, the fact that Michael Thomas is hurt, and now what are the win conditions in New Orleans? Okay, just stop Alvin Kamara from scoring four touchdowns and you should be fine. That's kind of how I'm thinking about this. I know Jameis is, like, aggressive, so, you know, you might think of, like, hey, volatility, that might, you know, be a good thing for, for the Saints, but who are they throwing deep balls to? Because the only guy that they have that can run on that wide receiver in that wide receiver room is Dante Harris, and they don't really play him at wide receiver. He's a return man for him. Um, Baltimore at Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a four-point home underdog. That's a lot of points. Again, let, let's flip that. So if it was in Baltimore, that would be a 10-point game. We're talking about a team that Sammy Watkins, is. it's always iffy to kind of bank on Sammy Watkins. Um Bateman is hurt. He's on IR. You know, obviously everything that's happened in the running back unit right now. And then the fact that they lost Orlando Brown in the offseason. That that's a lot of things are changing on that offense and not in a good way. So I kind of worry about them being able to compete week one. And if there's look, the one thing you can give John Gruden credit for is his teams are going to score offensive points. So <laughs> if you can't keep up with that offense, um, it, it might be not a great time. So I kind of feel good about the Raiders there. Yeah, I, I love the picks. Uh, I'm super worried about the Baltimore Ravens and everything that they're dealing with right now. And I think this Jameis game just has all the makings of, like they get down early uh, and Jameis just starts heaving the ball down the football field and throws like three interceptions. Uh, so I, I dig that pick as well. Uh, as long as he so- also throws three touchdowns, I'm good. Yeah. Who's he yeah. going to throw touchdowns to? Traquan Smith? He can still over over. He can still have 350 yards and three touchdowns and three picks and, and be good for our fantasy rosters. So Boom. we're always in favor of that. But thank you guys so much for listening to this week's edition of NFL Reacts. We do ask that you please subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL show. We got you covered all week long, all throughout the regular season. You can follow Justice Mosqueda on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. You can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you next week.